0: Welcome to the relationship church podcast without any direction you will find yourself places you don't want to be this includes how you handle your finances in our endeavor to be a whole life church this week Regina Fowler shares with us the principles of budgeting so that we can chart our destination and enjoy the peace God gives when we follow his will.
1: Um, I just want to say before I get started, um, I don't see how we just can't be ready. You know, we had to be ready for what Pastor Neal said after that praise and worship. I just don't know. I'm gonna tell you, I am a planner, and I'm gonna give you guys, I'm gonna tell you guys something that don't tell my daughter, but I will tell you this. Ever since she's about 20, I've been planning her wedding. She's 33 now and doesn't have a husband. I will tell you that also. But I still have a wedding, and I have this. Um, app, you know, the note app on my phone. And every few years, like my budget, I update all my plans. I love the plan. So I um, started investigating the cost of weddings and I realized, oh, they're quite costly. So I changed the wedding plan. It's now called the long wedding ceremony because I figured if I'm paying for something like that, people are going to be forced to stay a while. <laughs> but I said all that to say this is as I was updating my wedding plans this week, you made the list. I said, I want him to sing at the wedding if my daughter allows me to, if my daughter first finds a husband or doesn't find her, okay, whatever. (laughs) And then she lets me control the wedding. I was saying, I'm thinking now, who would I want to play? Who would I want to sing? And I'm like, he has to sing. I mean, I don't know anybody better, but there's something about your singing that does something to my soul. And I will confess today when I... Yeah, it really does. And I came in, um, something happened over the weekend that actually had me burdened. And all during church at my church, before it's coming here, I was burdened. I'm like, Lord, I don't know how I'm gonna do this today because I was burdened. Two things happened. You let the Lord use you in worship and it lifted my spirit. And then Pastor Neil, you said something I never thought before. Says says, um, he looks beyond my thoughts. And I was like, well, yeah, I, I mean, I shouted off of that. But then he said, no, that's actually technically wrong. He looks at your faults, And the Lord's told me, I know you, because he has to know you to be able to come and face you and your faults. I sat there and this weight lifted off of me. And I'm like, Lord, I still don't know how to do it because now I want to shout. <laughs> because, praise and worship lifted me and then pastor Neil that's phenomenal what you said is inspiring I had never thought about it that way he looked at my thoughts which means he got to know Regina Diane Fowler and said no I'm not gonna look past you I'm gonna look at you because you see the thing that got me burdened I felt guilty about it. You remember you said you feel guilty about some things in your worship. And I'm like, oh, my God, why did I do that? But God already looked at it and said, I know you, and I got you. God is good. He's so good. And I thank God for what I received today. I hope that I can give you a 10th of what I've already received. And I thank you for inviting me here because it was for me and I thank you for it. Now today, another thing happened. I, I was, I was, I'm given the job of budgeting 101. And I think I may have spoken to you guys before that I've, I teach classes on this and budgeting tends to be the part that people are like, oh boy, okay, because it's technical and, and it's detailed oriented. And so i was asking asking the lord how can i what can i compare budgeting to so i can get the people get everybody to understand how important this is so i didn't take my medicine this morning <laughs> i have it in my pocket because i thought well i'm gonna talk about weight loss <laughs> and medicines and how you know we can go through weight loss and then he talked about it. i said lord that guy's always on target with me there's something we got going i don't know <laughs> but I brought my medicines and I'm like, I'm gonna talk about it because I've lost weight quite a few times in my life, you know, I mean, tons of weight and then of course I gained it back, but I've lost tons of weight. But when I hit 50 something, you know, I got to a certain point that, you know, I said, I gotta stay out of 200s no matter what, I cannot ever be over that. I gotta stay out of that weight Uh, and, and I have. But then something happened as I turned 59 and into my 60s and I'm just 60, so I don't want you to think 60 something. I'm just 60. <laughs> I turned to my 60s, something started happening with health. All of a sudden, I have high cholesterol, something I never had before. And my A1C, you know, numbers for sugar, rose. And the doctor was saying, I can appreciate all that you're doing with your weight, but you have to become more intentional now. You just can't lose weight so you can look good in your clothes. So you gotta you gotta get your weight for your health. And that brings a whole different dimension on how you look at health, how you look at weight. It's not just so that you can wear a really nice outfit and look good in it. It really is about what's inside of you. And I thought about this and I, I, you know, I and I went back and forth back and forth. Should I bring that as a, 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 you know, uh, uh, as a analogy because you know, we all not all I don't know those Neil men, I don't know what their problems are, but they never struggle with weight. but (laughs) But many of us struggle with the whole weight thing, right? And I'm like, maybe I shouldn't bring it. But when you brought your story up, and when I came in, I'm like, wow, man, look at him. And when you brought your story, I said, no, that was the analogy. It's an analogy I didn't have to give because you gave it instead to talk and you praise God for it. And so I hope that you guys take this conversation we have today. With the understanding that this is not just about having more money in your pocket. It's about having peace in your heart about what how you live. And today, what I'm going to do is talk about um, Really, I'm going to go go through and I say budgeting one on one because this really is just a summary kind of of what I go through in my counseling sessions when I do one on one or couples financial counseling to get people ready to take this journey because the journey is long, you know, even with this weight loss I'm doing, I used to, you know, exercise on a treadmill three times a week, 20 minutes and think, "Woo, I'm done, you know, my numbers are down. Well, now I got to do five days a week, about an hour at a pace where I sweat. And then I go to a trainer two times a week because I for strengthening because as you get older, you know, your bones and all that stuff start changing and stuff. And so I saw Jessica there one time. I said, well, what are you doing here? You know, you know, you know how us heavier people get offended when, young, when, when uh, thin people come in there like, what are you doing? But they're, they're already aware. They have to take care of themselves and they do that. And it is best to start young and you're doing it now. It's just gonna, when you get 60, you're gonna be really grateful for that. So uh, I'm gonna talk about this process, but again, this process is about having peace and Dave Ramsey calls it financial peace. And that's what this process is about. And I want you to take it that way versus having money in the pocket just so you could buy the next big thing. That's not what it's about. Well, you'll be able to do it, but that's not what this is about, okay? So I call it Budgeting 101. And the real, um, what I'm really talking about is financial self-awareness through planning. If we're gonna become financially at peace financially, we have to first become self aware, right? My doctor made me very aware of my health conditions when she put me on the uh, high cholesterol medicine and told me that if I don't get my um, uh, um, A1C down by the time I go back in September, she's going to suggest, you know, the medicine (laughs) and I don't want to take the medicine because I don't want to get used to all of that. So I've been on this journey, really changing what I eat, you know, literally take, you know, no pork, uh, you know, just fish and things like that and learning to eat better and uh, understanding that because I want peace inside of my body. So, but I had to first become aware of all these things. I had to know, and if i never went to the doctor, I would never know, right? I had to go to the doctor understanding that, and I went to the doctor after I lost some weight, made sure that I lost weight because I was going there. But what I did not know is that it's not just about losing weight, it's also what you're eating too. And so these things happen. So we have to become self-aware. What are we doing ourselves that puts us in these situations? And once we know what we're doing ourselves that puts us in this situation, then we can start planning. We can start making a difference. You've probably done a whole lot of things differently, right? As you've lost a lot of tons of weight. So you have to plan for those things and and do things differently and decide that, no, I'm not not going to be the same uh, in my weight. I'm not going to be the same in my finances. I'm going to do something different. So when I counsel people, I go through this process explaining to them is that, I'm not trying to make you rich. That's not my goal, the God, you know, it says the blessings of the Lord, it makes rich, it makes us rich and adds no sorrow to it. God takes care of all of that. So I'm not here to do it. I'm just here to give guidelines so that if you follow the guidelines, you will position yourself better financially. So the first thing we do is that we have to sit down and set, and I have all these, you know, sheets that you fill out, and I don't have those with me here. But these sheets that we set out, and anybody, anybody who wants to do these sheets and stuff, you can uh, let Pastor Neil know, and I'll email you these sheets. But it's a whole, these sheets that we go through a whole set of questions, and we talk about who you are, and we talk about what kind of spender are you. You know, and if it's couples, I ask, you know, what kind of spe- spender each, the, the husband and the wife are. And then I ask, who is the big spender? In my relationship with my husband, I'm the spender. Now, that doesn't mean I spend a lot. Well, I, I can don't get me wrong. But, <laughs> but he spends nothing. I mean, my husband could go without spending anything. And I'm not going to just live life and not spend something. But I had to realize that I was the spender. My husband can be satisfied. I love vacations. I love vacations. And I would tell you, I got my booster and I've been out of town four times. I've been to Hawaii, Singapore, Vegas, and New York City. But I had my booster. I'm like, I'm traveling. My husband, he went on three of those trips with me, but he said, you're going to New York by yourself because my son was there. But he, he can enjoy being at home, pop some popcorn, and watch a Netflix movie. And he is completely at peace. Me, I'm like, oh no, first of all, I don't like TV enough to sit there all this time and be okay. So I tend to be the spender even though I am a wise spender. But I ask these kinds of questions. Then I ask, what are your goals? And like, what do you want? Why are you here for financial counseling? And I hear a lot of answers and some are, I just want to be rich. Or some I heard I want to get into crypto. I'm thinking you can't pay your bills, but you want to get into crypto, okay. (laughs) Um, I hear, you know, I just want to get my debt paid. And some people say, I just want to be a better contributor to my church. You know, I hear all kinds of things. And some people tell me, I just want to live big, you know, so I need to get all this stuff out the way so I can start living large. And so we sit down and talk about the goals that they have because if we don't have any goals, you're not gonna do anything because usually we live this life moving towards something because you know what, we can't go back. So even whether we wanna face it or not, we are always moving towards something. Sometimes it feels like we're going nowhere, but what you're doing is you're still moving, you're just moving in place. So we're always moving. And so since you have to move, know where you wanna go and decide where you wanna go. Now, as church people, and I don't think you guys will, but I have been challenged in churches because some churches are very, what do you say? Um, not old school, but very traditional, yeah, there you go. And so I've been challenged like, well, well, with all that planning, it's like you don't even have any faith. But once again, you say faith without works is dead. And, and every time I'm challenged by this, and this is one of the things I have, and I write my book about this a little bit when I bring up budgeting in my book because I've been challenged on budgeting. Oh, well, that's just not faith. Well, that's not true. Faith requires work because if you believe in God, you're going to move toward what God tells you to do. And if you aren't hearing from God, you're going to use the sense God gave you to move to in the direction you think you should go until you do hear direction from God. If you need them am I okay with that pastor right I don't want to say anything that's okay good okay so you gotta move towards something and if you're gonna move towards something you really need to set some goals and in this case we're talking about financial goals where really do you want to be now most people who come to me are usually in a whole lot of debt and they're one of their primary things is that they want to get out of debt they want to get their uh, finances in order to get out of debt and that makes a lot of sense and that's I spend probably 80% of my time working on that and then probably another 20% of my time working with couples on their retirement for retirement readiness. So we go through this process and we fill out this four sheet form to talk about the goals and where you where you, where, where you want to be. But the point of that is to become self-aware of how, who you are financially and so that you can um, understand what it's going to take to get to the harder work, which is actually the budgeting, okay? (laughs) So we go through that process. And then the one thing I do, because so far, the only people I've ever counseled are, are people who are in church, you know, our kinds of churches and other churches, but they have a belief in God. And so I do go over what the Lord says about planning. And I just want to spend a few minutes before we get into the budgeting to talk a little bit about that, okay? Planning is not not trusting in God. is simply not. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us what man built the tower without sitting down and counting the cost first. So it's telling us, how are you going to build anything if you've not even considered what's it going to cost you to do it? Plan what you're going to do. And we know a couple stories. Uh, one is about a, um, Joseph. Yeah, Joseph, his brothers, you know, uh, put him in the ditch and then he was the Ethiopian sold him to the Egyptians and he became a slave. But he was such an incredible steward that he ultimately was the second man in charge to the Pharaoh. But God gave uh, the Pharaoh a dream and Joseph interpreted the g- dream and basically say, hey, famine's coming. But let's plan for that. Let's be prepared for it. During the times for se- seven years prior to the famine, we're going to be living it up. We're going to have all kinds of money. So let's take some of that and put it away and store it so that when famine hits, we are okay. And not only are we okay, but other nations are okay. And we know ultimately Joseph got reunited to his family because of his planning. So planning is ordained by God, and it's expected of us and by us to plan it because he gave us that mental that capability to plan ahead. Now, recession is coming. That's what everybody's telling us, recession's coming. We already see gas prices. We already see uh, in December, you could get a home loan for 30 year home loan for 2.7%. Now it's over 6%. Groceries are out of the, going through the roof. I mean, to the point that I just, I mean, I get annoyed. I went to, I'm gonna tell you this, I went to Schnucks I I went to Walmart to get my groceries, which is strange for me to go to Walmart for my groceries because Schnooks is around the corner, but I was so disgusted at the prices, I went to Walmart, but I forgot some things. So I went to Snooks to get them some things. And those few little things that Snooks cost me the exact same amount I paid at Walmart for all the other stuff I got. I was so frustrated. I told that manager, I'm not, and then they didn't want me to, because I had, it was a lot of stuff. It was a few things. It was a lot of stuff, but they didn't want me to go through the um, self-checkout lane because I had a lot of stuff but I don't like their baggers, they're terrible. So you know, so I'm anal, yes, I'm anal, okay. I like to bag my own stuff. And so I went through this and they was like, well, you're not supposed to be in this lane for that. I told him, I said, listen, your grocery so high. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go to Walmart now for three weeks out of the month and only come to you one, 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 one time a month. I'm gonna show schnooks <laughs> and I do just that. But it hit me how much groceries were and I felt like I was being cheated that for me to get a, a turkey loin from Schnucks for, you know, $2 more than I could buy that thing at Walmart for. And so I, I so Schnucks is on punishment. I only go to them three times a week, three, three weekends of the week. And I go to uh, one weekend a month. I go to Walmart, the other three, even though I have to travel to Walmart, but hey, it's right next to Sam's and I get my 10 cent off on that gas at Sam's. <laughs> but <laughs> That's just a funny story. But you know, we have to always be aware of what things are and plan for those things, right? And so, since we are aware that harder times may come, during this time that we may have more, we should be putting things away. In particular, we should be settling our debts and paying off as much debts as possible. Because guess what? Credit card companies can raise their rates to a certain amount and they're higher than what you're paying now and there's no restriction on it once as long as it's not considered usury which is illegal they still can raise those rates so you we want we we want to uh get ready to do our budgets because we want to plan for tougher times just in case they come okay so the other story about planning i just want to mention was um uh king david he wanted to build the temple for the lord because they were still uh worshiping lord in the tabernacle the, the tabernacle the um tents, and he wanted to build a temple, the physical building, but the Lord told him, you won't be the one to build it. Your son will. Solomon will build the temple. And so what David did, once he understood that he wouldn't build it, what did he do? He planned for the building of the temple and prepared for it. He got all the cedar wood, all the gold, everything was ready for Solomon. So when David died, Solomon had everything he needed to build the temple, so he planned for it. So the budgeting is a process of planning for what you want to be financially, where you want to go financially, how you see yourselves financially. Do you see yourself in debt all your life? Do you see yourself working until you're 70 or 75 because you can't retire? Do you see yourselves as being financially independent, enjoying some things, leaving a a legacy or an inheritance to your children? Do you see yourselves doing that? If you do see yourselves differently from where you are today, then you want to plan financially. If you see yourselves differently financially than where you are today, you want to plan financially. Now, I, my husband and I are in a position that, you know, we want to buy things we can, you know, we don't worry about it. But we do know we have two children. They're adult children. And, and and you know, we want to leave something for their children, if they have them. Or we want to leave something for our church if we don't have grandchildren, so that our church can be blessed upon us leaving. With those kinds of things, and we have a few not-for-profits that we really like to support, so we want to be able to leave something to those not-for-profits. So with that in mind, Even though we're doing well financially, we still have to plan. So budgeting is a regular process that you continue to do no matter what, just like health weight maintenance, even if you got the weight off, you have to maintain that weight. You have to keep doing things to make sure you're healthy physically with weight. You still, and you have to do the same thing financially. You have to keep doing things to make sure that you're healthy financially. So my husband and I, we are always aware of what we're gonna spend. Matter of fact, Pastor Ryan, he actually created our trust for our kids. And so it's a living trust where we control it. And we went into his office, we told him everything we want to do, who we want to leave money to, including our God kids, and he drafted all of that. Now he doesn't do that stuff anymore, so we have to go find someone to update it because we are making some changes to it. But because he did the original document, now we're in the process of just maintaining it and we just have to uh, make some changes to it because my godson, my oldest godson now has children. And we wanna make sure they're okay as well. So we're constantly updating our finances. And so budgeting is not a one-time thing, it's something that you're gonna continually to, to doing. But if you remind yourself that you're doing it so that you can live the life you want to live financially, you're more at peace about doing it. And it's not as frustrating as it can be, okay? So, as Christians, we should know that God expects us to plan. And the the purpose of the planning is to position ourselves to where we want to be, okay, financially. So now let's get into the nitty gritty, okay? (laughs) Because I will say, when I teach this, most people are like, oh boy, this is just so much work. And it is. I will tell you, even for me, when I go through the hug, go through the budget, I'm like, oh boy, here we go again, because it is a detailed process, especially when you're getting started, especially when you first start doing it. But it is so worth the work. It is so worth the work. And let me remind you before we get into it my husband and I were in in an incredible amount of debt, spending like crazy, charging like crazy. And it took us realizing that. We are in way too much debt. We are robbing Peter to pay Paul. And what did we do? We sat down and went through this process, became self-aware, wrote out some goals, uh, understood what we were doing wrong. And then we started budgeting and realized that, wow, I can change what's happening to me. Just a couple stories. I was talking to, I, I counseled this one young lady who... Um, she didn't believe she could pay tithes. She, she was always strapped. And so I, you know, we went through the process of, of the self-awareness and the first step we do is we document. And what that means is that you gotta go through at least three months of your spending and write down everything you spend if you're gonna create a good budget. Why? Because most of us when we had come to do our budgeting and we're in a financial, you know, we're uh, financially stressed. We have to cut some things. You won't know what you have to cut until you know what you're spending So you're gonna have to spend three months when I um, have my first session with my um counselees, I tell them I need before you come fill out this questionnaire send it to me But then spend three months documenting everything you spent now if you can do that You know without You know giving you some time to do it that's great now all of my older couples who are preparing for retirement almost all of them can gather their three months of expenses with no issue because they're preparing for retirement and rest so they have been tracking their expenses but the people who are in a lot of debt rarely know how much they actually spend who are in a lot of debt rarely know what they actually spend so the first thing is documentation you have to spend some time gathering what you actually spend money on. Making a list, do it on paper, do it on set, Excel, but make a list on everything you spend. Keep your receipts, if you use your debit card, you know, track, write down everything you spent on that debit card. If you use a credit card, write it down. If you pay by cash, make sure you keep your receipt because you need to know what you're spending money on before you can create your budget. Because when you're creating your budget, you're gonna to have to make some real decisions. Because this is the documentation and why that's important is that it prepares us to make some hard decisions on about what we're going to do next. So I was this one young lady who said, I just can't give money to my church. I just can't give money to church. I can't be paying those tithes, which is 10%. And it can seem to be a lot, but, but it, is some, it is a blessing actually. It's not a curse, <laughs> I will tell you that. So as we were going through all her expenses for three months, in those three months, you know, she had gone to some revivals, she had gone to some conferences, she's visited churches, she's come to our church, and we had special speakers. Almost in every one of those those services, she got up and gave a special offering in the name of that Pat preacher or uh, evangelist saying that if you turn around three times, the Lord's gonna not make you dizzy because that's what's gonna happen, but the Lord's gonna pour you out a blessing. She had done that for three months over and over, over looking for God to give her an amazing blessing. God never did give her an amazing blessing by giving that way because God doesn't give to people who come to him for the fishes and loaves only. There's a, there's a story where Jesus says, you know, he had just fed the four or 5,000 and the next day the people came to him and Jesus said, you coming to me for fishes and loaves. You don't come to me for that. You come to me because you know who I am. So I explained to that lady, young lady, I said, you are giving the wrong way. You're giving to get. You know, to be a don't, you know, God wants us to be a cheerful giver, not for what we can get out of, but because it's, it's his will for us to give and he will give back to us. And guess what that we discovered in those three months? All that money she had given added up to the tithe she would have paid had she just paid tithes faithfully. And God blesses the tithe payer. So she missed her blessing by giving, trying to get the fishes and the lulls, what she can get out of God, instead of just giving according to the word of God. Another uh, 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 lady I uh, um, counseled, she was like, I just don't know where my money is. She's a very pretty lady too. Her kids are pretty, pretty, very pretty, very pretty. But she didn't make a ton of money. As we were going through her expenses, in the three months we looked at, she has spent 50% of her net earnings on hair care, makeup, nails, and all this stuff. And she was trying to figure out, how am I going to eat? And she was in a situation where things were breaking up in her home, and she was going to have to do it on her own. And she didn't know how she was going to eat, but 50% of her net income was going to beautification. And so, the reason we go through the three months is so that we can really do some self-discovery what do we spend our money on my husband and i what do we spend our money on entertainment you know yo you guys go to the movies right okay some church you know i just don't know these days we love going to the movies even today we saw elvis friday <laughs> it wasn't that good i will tell you that but uh <laughs> you know, long and oh my goodness i was ready to go <laughs> but We love the movies and sometimes I love it for the popcorn, which because of my cholesterol I couldn't have near as much, but we entertained ourselves an awful lot, ate out constantly, went to the movies, we did whatever we wanted to do, and we didn't realize how much we were spending on entertainment. I mean, and I went to the grocery store with the intention of cooking, but it was just so easy to buy food or go out to dinner. So that three months gives us that self-awareness and self-discovery. What are we spending our money on? And this is probably one of the, this is the second to the next hardest part of the budgeting process, documenting. Knowing where you spend your money. But once you know you are in a position to make some real decisions about you and your future, What do I really want to do? Dave Ramsey says it's like this. Once you document, you can now make the decision to live like no one else, so you can live like no one else, which means that you're gonna make a decision to make some adjustments, which is the next step, which is this is actually the hardest part. Documentation is the second hardest part of the budgeting process. Adjust, making adjustments is the second, is the first, is the hardest part because after documentation, you have to decide, what are you going to do? Are you going to live like no one else, which means you're going to live a strict life on a budget so you can pull your finances together so you can live like no one else? Let me give case in point, my husband and I, <laughs> you know, my family, who my siblings, a lot of them, did. they handle their money better than us. And I, get this, I am a CPA and my husband's a banker. We handled our finances the worst. You know how you go to hairdressers and your hair, hair looks horrible? That's, what, that's how we were. We did the worst and we knew better. But we had to live like no one else while we pulled ourselves together so we could live today. And we lived unlike many of our siblings because we didn't go to dinner every... We stopped going to dinner on Sundays after church, which is something we always did. We didn't go to all the events that people went to because we had to cut those things out We had to make adjustments. But now we are actually living like no one else. We can go anywhere we want to and not even think about it. You know, Ryan, I liked him because when he uh, did our trust, he didn't ask us all our personal business. I was just telling them that we're getting some making some adjustments now. And the person just wants to know everything. Oh, I balance them like, huh? Why do you need to know all that? But because we're making those adjustments, my husband and I went through all those balances. When I say that, we live like no one else, where we couldn't do anything to where we are to that day. And I never really say how we're doing because I'm almost, I'm, it's all God, but I'm almost, I don't want people to think differently about me. But he took us from barely being able to pay, pay the bills to literally have a net worth of multi-multi-millions. And these are things we didn't even realize. These are things God did that we had no hand in it. But what we chose to do was to follow his plans and to honor what he says about being a good steward. And he took us to a place that, and I don't even share this with people because maybe sometimes we're just too shameful about these things. You know, when you have some things, sometimes you get a little shameful about it and you shouldn't. And sometimes I think I feel that way. But when we sat down and wrote all this stuff and I told my husband, I was like, this is almost unbelievable because this is God. But God honored our efforts to do what was right. And so when you document and you make those adjustments, if you're doing it because you wanna be right with God, you have to be okay with that. God is honoring that. He's not gonna look beyond you do look at you and say look at that brother and sister trying to do what's right they have no idea what it means that all the cattle on a thousand hills are mine the earth of the earth is the lord and the fullness thereof i'm gonna show them some things because they're a faithfulness and he's not gonna start talking about your past how you spent things in the past god doesn't focus on that we do that we do that to ourselves we do that to that to our brothers and sisters Oh, well, look at her. They can't even go out to dinner. Well, no, I can't because I messed up. But I can today. <laughs> Matter of fact, I could put on a whole dinner and never think about how much I'm spending on it. So God's not going to look at what you did. He's only going to look at your present efforts and then honor that because you're honoring him. But these adjustments are hard. Because when you see that you're spending way too much on clothes, you're gonna have to make some decisions that clothes aren't that important. You know what I mean? When you find yourself going out to eat so much, you're gonna have to decide going out to eat's not that important. My children didn't understand until they read the book why we didn't go out to dinner every Sunday with the family and why we sat at the home and you know made fun of it, fun watching a movie or something like that, and ate on a blanket in our in a, in one of our t, in our TV room. you know, to make it fun. But when they read the book, they were like, oh my goodness, I had no idea that's what we did. We couldn't go out to dinner. But to make dinner fun amongst us, the four of us, we put out a blanket and stuff and we ate on the blanket and made it fun on Sunday. So they wouldn't feel like they were missing out on something. So, and those adjustments are hard as parents. Those are hard things to do, especially when you have kids, but you know, you want to leave your kids something or you want your kids to be better, right? So you have to look at those things and decide, what do I want to cut? So I have this sheet here, and I hope you all, I think you all got it. This is the budget sheet, and like Pastor Neal said, that he can um, send that to an email, email that to you because it's in Excel. This is the sheet, and I tried to list almost all the kind of major categories of expenses that we tend to have in housing, and I also have it here. I put the major categories and it's deep more detailed on this sheet but there's um you know our giving you know we we document what our income is consider all your income you know whether you you know just make earn your income you know if you're divorced maybe you get alimony or child support something like that document all those things and then you want to document all your expenses now i have the major categories here but this sheet i have a more detailed out and of course if you get the excel sheet you can your own in there okay but the once you do your three months you want to kind of list everything you spend on this sheet and then after the documentation you have to ask yourself do I what based on what I spend do I need it this is something I actually have to have guess what we don't actually have to have cable isn't that something we don't actually have to have cable. Matter of fact, I didn't get cable until 2007. I was 56. The reason, no, was it 46? Sorry, 46. And the reason I have cable is because my husband, and I had it when we were young. We cut it out because it was one of those things we cut. I didn't add back cable until I was 46, and it was because um, oh, HGTV. I heard about HGTV, and I just had to have it. But at that point, I could have it, you know. And I do, I watch HGTV constantly. So you have to list all those things you're spending money on. And you have to ask yourself, do I need it? Some things my husband and I asked, do we need cable? We said, no, we cut cable out. Do we need to go out to dinner every Sunday? No, we only went out to dinner on Mother's Day, Father's Day, Easter, and that was it. Three times a year when we were going through this process and we budgeted for those. And then, we, you have to ask yourself, how many pairs of shoes and how many handbags do you actually have to have? During that time, I had one handbag each period. When one broke, I bought another one. Now, this is disgusting to say, I probably have 100 or so handbags now. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't encourage anybody to do that. That's just excessive. But I don't put them on debt either. and so. Um, uh, And it was I tell my my husband, I "I just don't understand your handbags. I said, because you know what I used to buy those cheap handbags and I remember a couple times they broke off my shoulder. I was so embarrassed. I feel like I'm just making up for that happening to me (laughs) because I don't have near as many clothes as that. I I mean, I just never been a super clothes person, but handbags, I told myself never have another one fall off my shoulder. (laughs) So, you know, but I cut those out. So I only bought them about one. And they were always either black or brown so they can match everything I wore. But this is what I'm talking about in terms of making these adjustments and deciding do I need it or do I not need it. And, and then you have to decide, maybe you, you, not, you mark off all your needs and then you have to decide what expenses or obligations or things I'm obligated to. These are not things that are needs. These are things you're obligated to because we get ourselves in trouble. For instance, all that debt. And I would say we probably had ten or twelve credit cards that were maxed out <laughs> back then. That was not a need because I, I back when we were deciding when we just decided to change our lives, I couldn't remember what we bought with that on those credit cards. Well, I should say that the furniture. I could see the furniture I had on my my one I had from my, the furniture store. I saw the furniture, but everything else, I didn't know what I bought. I was just using the credit card. So that became an obligation to us, even though those things I bought were not a need. I was obligated to because I signed that little thing saying I would pay them back. And then you have to decide what things are wants. And this is hard part because we always classify some of our wants as needs, okay? Oh, I need to go to lunch. Well, you actually don't need to go to lunch. I brought my lunch to work until the day I retired. Isn't that amazing? I didn't even have to, but I did. Because what I discovered is that that hour I can either nap or I can do all kinds of other things. Like I, I would, when I would teach my classes at church, I would prepare for my lessons at church during lunch hour. So I'm like taking my lunch made more sense even when I could afford to go to lunch. So you have to decide what the wants are, and when you then after you identified all your expenses and document them and mark them off as needs, obligation, and wants, the first cut you're gonna make are the wants but you have to be honest to yourself about what those things are, okay? Do you have to go to the hairdresser every week? Can you learn to do some things yourselves? For instance, that was one of the things I cut out, actually going to the hairdresser. I just started doing it myself and I would get it clipped by someone else. I would not clip my own hair, but I would do it myself. And even today, well, I do my hair most of the time. I get that some young lady who actually, somebody's family member goes to this church. Uh, uh, what's her name, Moore? Stacy Moore, Ooh, who's who related to her? Is it Stacy? Tracy Moore, who's related to Tracy Moore? I don't know, well anyway, she heard about me from somebody at this church and I counseled her, but she's an amazing hairdresser. So every eight weeks I go to her, her hair, go to her to get my ends clipped and keep that gray out. <laughs> But that was one of the things I actually cut out. I just said I wouldn't do it. Um, So once we identify our wants, it's the ones that we have to cut out first, okay? Just get rid of them. And, And always keep in mind that the reason you're getting rid of those things is that you're gonna live better another day. And you're honoring God by being a good steward, and he will honor your efforts another day, okay? So you want to make sure that you cut those wants out. And then you're going to need to look at your obligations and say, what am I going to do? How am I going to handle all these debts that I have? I always advise people that if they're like close to like uh, the breaking point or close to uh, uh, where they file bankruptcy, which I actually don't believe in filing bankruptcy. I will tell you that because we've made those, uh, you know, made those commitments that we pay. What I tell people, and I've worked with people doing this, is call your creditors and ask them to help. I had one young, one lady, she wasn't that young, she was actually, we're the same age, but she called her creditors and everybody dismissed her debt except Walmart. And Walmart said, our prices are too low for us to give you a break on your debt too. (laughs) She had a credit card. So that was, but everybody else actually dismissed her debt. Because they knew by looking at her file that she was so close to bankruptcy, it just made sense for them just to get rid of the debt and write it off on their taxes than to have her go through bankruptcy and have them wait for a while to get that write off. So evaluate your obligations. And then when I counsel people, we go through those obligations, I tell them if I think that they can get away with it or not. And a lot of people can't get away with it, because if you make a certain income, no is going to say Well, okay, I'll write those off. Like my husband and I, they are like, because you handle your money wrong, doesn't mean you can't pay me. You just don't have to figure out how to do it. But there are those people that creditors know that they're gonna be at the brink of bankruptcy. So it makes sense for them to write it off. So work with your obligations. And sometimes creditors will say, well, I tell you what, I can defer your payments until such and such time. As you're paying off one bill, they can defer those payments and then you can take once that other bill is paid off, you can add that payment to pay off the next bill. It's called the snowball effect in Dave Ramsey's uh, book. So you have to look at your obligations and decide what you can do with those. If it comes to the point that you cannot do anything with them and your creditors won't help you. Then you're gonna have to make some hard decisions because everything else is a need. You have to live. You have to live somewhere you have to eat right and if you're if you don't have a bus route or metro link close to you chances are you might have to have a car right so if you're going to have to have those things you're going to have to figure out am i in the right place for my income my husband and I have rental property and one of my tenants want is deciding to, to to leave and and i'm like and i we don't we don't charge a lot of rent because right now because we're both working we don't need the income so our rent is like $500 less than the go market rate in that area. And so I'm, and so I, so I was trying to, I was, this person is close to me. So I'm like, well, do you really want to do that? Because you're going to be paying more in an area that's actually rougher, but it's a little bit more, it is a little bit more modern than ours. Although ours is very modern, it's a little bit more modern, probably more her style. I said, is that really what you want to do? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, we're right. Like, okay, no problem. Go ahead and leave. But sometimes we have to ask ourselves, Am I living in the right place, or should I go somewhere else and live somewhere else, somewhere different? Like, mine's is my this one place she's living is a three-bedroom, um, one bath, and she really does want two baths. And I can understand that, you know. And the washer and dryer, I supply a washer and dryer in the basement for the tenants to share. So, but the question is, is that you're strapped financially. Is moving to a more expensive place? worth the extra bathroom and extra what the washer dryer in your apartment. So sometimes we have to ask ourselves those hard questions. When my husband and I bought our first house, you know, we moved in the city, literally off Goodfellow on Barker, if anybody's (laughs) aware of that that's our first house. But when we got our second house, we really thought we were gonna move to the suburbs. But when we went to the suburbs, the houses were so expensive, and we were so committed not to do it, we end up moving back to the city, south of Del Mar. But it was it was um, it was within our price range, and so we just felt like we were doing God's will, and so two of my siblings bought uh, built houses in the subdivision. My husband and I wanted to build in in the suburbs, but we couldn't. We sold our houses around the same time. My husband and I ended up selling our house for over twice as much. Twice as much what we paid for it. And they sold theirs for about 30 to 50,000 more than what they paid for theirs. Because we follow God's will, God honored that. And so when we sold, off, sold, that, when we sold that house and we, had paid, we were able to pay off it, pay the house off before it was due, because we honored God's stewardship rules and we got the house that we have, we were ready to pay cash for that house that we have now. But it was all because we said we won't go buy a house that's not affordable to us right now. So sometimes when we, when we look at our needs and stuff, we have to say, are we in the right place? Should I be here instead of here? Because the thing is about the city is that there are a few pocket neighborhoods that everybody who lives in the city are gonna live in. So those neighborhoods, their value, the house values never go down. I didn't understand that. I didn't know that God did. And so we bought in one of those neighborhoods not knowing that those values were gonna go up because that's where everybody wants to live. And so God protects you even when you don't know you're being protected. He protects your finances even though you don't know uh, he's protecting it. As long as you're in that mind to say, I'm gonna do everything I can to do what's right with my finances. I'm gonna live where I should live. Where i can afford and where you should live is where you can afford to live i'm going to get the car i can afford you know and you know because you go to a dealership you know over and over i used to hear de- sales at car dealerships or something i'm not kidding they tell everybody oh i can't believe that somebody your age makes this amount of money they would tell young people that all the time i used to hear that over and over i said don't buy that stuff they tell everybody that they just want you to buy a more expensive car Always buy the car you can afford and evaluate whether or not the car you have is the car you can afford. I had a man, a man I know who he, had, he retired and bought himself a Mercedes. He always wanted one. He didn't realize that he couldn't afford a Mercedes during retirement. He took that car back. Unfortunately, he had take a loss, but the car he ended up getting saved, you know, he saved so much cash by getting a car he could afford sometimes we have to evaluate these things and decide I need it, but what is what I got actually what I need. And so when you do that, when you've gone through all your expenses, identified your needs, obligations, and wants, then you move those things to that last column, which is on that sheet is that last column here, last two columns here, you move them over here, you start here with everything you spend, you go through your needs, obligations, and wants, and then you create your first budget. What you will discover is that some of the numbers here won't come over there. And those are the red boxes here. You've made some cuts. And so you don't have, if this was a, you know, if your uh, housing was thousand dollars and you've really reevaluated that, it may come to your budget as $800. And you say, well, I really can only afford $800. Where does, when my lease comes up, where will I go for $800? This, um, the lady who does my hair, you know, I've visited her apartment before as we were doing our counseling sessions. And I'm just amazed at how great her space is. For $750, she has huge space. She's in South St. Louis in a great neighborhood and $750. And she said, well, I moved here because this is what I really can afford. I was so proud of her because evaluate, what can you really afford? And pray and ask God, lead me to where I should go. And God will take care of you because when we bought our second house, that's what we pray, Lord, lead us to where we should buy a house. And he did, and it really worked out for us, you know what I mean? So once you've evaluated your expenses, identified your needs, obligations, and wants, you're prepared to create your first budget And your first budget should be less than what you've been spending the last three months, okay? If it's more, something's wrong. (laughs) If it's the same, something's wrong, especially if you have some financial goals, okay? Even for my husband and I, I cannot say I want to leave my God kids tuition money and spend everything I have. I have to make some cuts so that I could put some money away in the MOST program for them so that, which is the Missouri tuition savings program. I have to prepare, I have to make some adjustments so I could do that. So you wanna to come to the point where you are, um, get to the side over here, and if this amount is not zero, you have a problem, okay? It could be negative, this, this number can be, which is your income minus all your expenses, that number ultimately should be zero. If it's negative, you got to go back and make some more cuts, which means if your expenses are higher than your income, you have to make more cuts. There's no if or buts about it. You have to, OK? If it's positive, to get that to zero, you have to ask, what am I going to do with this excess? Am I going to save it and start putting it away for retirement? Am I going to put it away so I could save some money for a house? or another car, you should account for every dollar you have. So when you're done with your budget, it's always zero. Because in budgeting, not only do you account for your income and your expenses, you account for your savings, you account for your retirement. In other words, you account for your future. And this is where people always say, well, that sounds like you're just worrying, and you're taking thought for tomorrow. No, that scripture is talking about being worried and anxious about tomorrow. I have extra funds. I'm just not gonna foolishly put it away. I'm gonna do something with it. And if it so happens that Pastor Neil calls and says, hey, we're having a building fund, we're trying to raise some money. I say, you know, I'm gonna give a thousand dollars to him in that. And that happened to me. I was coming from a convention from the PAW. I actually only went to go see the uh uh reunion concert of, of the commissions, yeah, it was really good too. And so I went and so I was at the airport and a pastor said, hey, I'm doing a um, fundraising for a church. So we were able to write a nice little checkout to him and he took it out, put it in his pocket. Then he took it out, you know, about 10 minutes later, and looked at it. He said, oh, my God, I didn't know you gave us that much. But so you want to account for every dollar. So even if you don't spend it today, you can do something like that or a brother and sister in need. And they say, I really need some help. You're able to do that. Because we know the Bible said, he who blesses the poor lends to the Lord. So the God owes you, you know. So you always want to account for every dollar. Never look at a dollar and say, ooh, I can really live it up on this. Ask yourself, how do I really want to live? Do I want to live so that I'm okay today and tomorrow? Do I want to live so I can be a blessing to others and to my church? And once you make those decisions, you're more likely to account for every dollar and make sure it's wisely handled and being a good steward. But I wanna make sure you know this, when you do that, the blessings of the Lord are so uh, amazingly abundant, it's mind boggling. And it does not happen right away, okay? So we're doing all this work, because my husband and I, we were doing all this work because we started um, in our 20s, late 20s. And I remember in our 30s and 40s, we were on track to have a nice, comfortable retirement. So we, our house would be paid off. you know, We'd be able to pay all our bills and stuff like that. No big deal. Something happened when we turned 41 and 40. I think I was 42 and he was 43. Thor was saying, eh, you know what? You guys have done well so, so well. I'm gonna start making some changes for you. And what happens, my husband had gotten a job, uh, with one of the banks in St. Louis, and I did not want him to have that job. Because it was like, a, it was one of these venture capital jobs, and I didn't want him, he had a choice of that kind of job or operations job. And I'm a CPA, you know, behind the scenes operations person. And that's what I love. And I really was praying to take the operations job, but he took the venture capital job. Like, oh, my Lord. And then a few years after that, maybe two or three years in that group, he got taken out of that group and put into this other group. And he was mad, mad, mad. I mean, he even testified at church about it. He was so mad. He thought, he said, he literally said, I thought the Lord smacked me in the face. That's what he said. And I didn't want him to have the job either because I thought the Lord maybe had smacked him too. <laughs> but six months later, he learned that that group that he had been, had been in, all of them got laid off. And he had a job. And so we were like, oh, now then I'll shout. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how you do, you, 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 you complain about the Lord, then you shout, you know. And so, but what we didn't know was that God was setting us up for our future. With this other job, the group he was in, we had to make investments into this group and these companies, we had to make investments using funds. And I, that really grieved me. Why, and we could make the investments, but I'm thinking, why should we have to make investments for a job? <laughs> I, reach, I, I didn't understand. And this is leading somewhere. I didn't understand. I really didn't. So, you know, we were doing really well. So when I turned 55, I decided I'm, I'm tired of this job. I'm retiring. The Lord, I heard the Lord actually say, as I was praying about this, Lord, I'm going to go ahead and retire at 55. The Lord said, nope, not yet. I want you to hold on so things don't happen and you're going to understand you're going to need to stay. So the day the Lord told me that was when before I went to work and I was in prayer and I got to work and my boss came and said, hey, by the way, I'm leaving immediately and you're going to be named general manager. I'm like, what? And I didn't want to be general manager. I said, okay, I'll be general manager until they find one. And that's what I did. So two years later, I retired at 57. And so I used to ask, why did I retire so early? Because retirement was a little hard on me because I was used to doing stuff and I didn't know what to do with myself for a while. I don't have that problem now, but then I did. And so I was praying in the park one time, to said, Lord, why did I retire? He said, because only I knew when the blessings from that job I gave your husband was gonna start taking place. What that meant was that all those investments we were making in those small amounts, we start having returns on those investments in the amount of around 300 grand a year, aside from salaries and things like that. Those investments are what's valued in the multiple millions now. So what God does, even if we don't see it, when we are faithful and do what we should do, he starts, he's working in the background, taking care of everything. Just like that house we bought in the city that ended up being, we sold for twice as much as we paid for it. God is working everything out in the background for you. But guess what? All it takes is you having faith in Him and taking the actions that He expects of us. Then God does extraordinary things. Even when it seems like it's sacrificial, like oftentimes our tithes and offerings seem so sacrificial, God is just storing up what He has for you. I retired in December 2018. Our returns on our investments started March 2019. Only God knew that. So my husband has decided he's going to retire this year too, because he's like, yeah, you know, why work? Because of all of these returns. Now, I don't know if he can handle it. I will be honest, because he's used to doing stuff. And I explain these things because I need you to understand. As Christians, we have a we have a, hand, a leg up on everybody else. We have a God who's looking at us and concerned about each of us individually. And sometimes we avoid things like losing the weight we need for our health, taking care of budgets for our financial health. We avoid those things because we just don't want to do it. Even though God wants us to be prosper and be in good health, right? He wants to prosper us in every aspect of our lives, but he wants to do it with us being active participants in that process. And all he says is that if you will act, I will take care of the results. And so this budgeting process, my approach to it is always do it because you believe God wants you to be a good steward. And if you can believe that and trust God's promises, and there, I, there's a book, and I don't have the name of it right off, but there's a book that this author lists all the promises of God that God made about finances. It's a volume about that thick, just of the promises God made about finances, not everything else. So, if God made those promises, if we do what we're to do, are supposed to do, He will in fact fulfill every promise He made. Everybody, I counsel who've actually followed the advice are doing really, really well. Even that person who did not think she could pay her tithes, she finished school, got a great job, testified about it at church, making more money than she ever thought she would make because God did it. On the other hand, everybody at Council, which seems to be the majority, who don't fall are still suffering from the same financial issues they had five, 10 years ago, because they are, oftentimes they think it's just me talking, and I, and oh, well, you don't have any troubles. I don't have any troubles today. I had troubles back then when I was in all that debt. I was, it was, it was pressure living with all that debt. The only reason I don't have troubles today is that I trusted in God and followed his, his, his word and became a good steward, and God just honored it. And that's what I try to really get people to understand. Now, when you do a budget process, just like weight loss, I mean, because I'm, I'm actually eating much better now, but I will tell you, I had a bad day Friday. Those chips were just good. <laughs> you know, I also just taste a few. Never assume you're just going to eat a few chips. It's just not going to happen. I went back three times, and not getting out of the handful, I got bowls full. And I will tell you, they were good, but I won't be eating those chips this week. And the reason I said that is that part of the process is that is revisiting your budget regularly, making the adjustments, and going through several reiterations of the budget process. So you're going to be adjusting constantly. But you will get to the point that after you've done this for a while, you will know everything you spend every week, every month, and budgeting will become easier. But I will say the first few years is going to be, will be tough, okay? But challenge yourself, push yourself to do it with the idea, I'm living like this today so I can live differently tomorrow. I'm living this way so I can live a completely blessed life, a life of peace and rest. And I will tell you, nothing's better than peace. Money does not buy peace. So even if you get the money, it's not going to buy peace. I don't have peace because I have money. I have peace because I follow the Lord's will. And money does not by peace so I don't want anybody to think that peace comes from knowing that you follow God's will and you get to see him honoring and fulfilling his word okay so you'll go through these iterations several times so if you take it upon yourselves to take this worksheet and email me to get the goals and all that stuff and I will send those to you call me I counsel free you know why because I don't have nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm retired, I literally don't have anything else to do. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, I do stuff. I mean, I like I wrote that book <laughs> because I didn't have anything else to do. And, and I do stuff, but I, I, I am flexible enough that I will counsel anybody who really wants it. I am available for that. And so I will go through this process and I will help you go through iterations, whatever it takes to get you where you should be. Because the idea is that you will help your children and their children, your friends and your family members get to the same place once you've gotten it down packed. Okay, so the process for budgeting is this, set your life and financial goals, get to know yourself financially. Understand what God says about this. And get to work document 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 do this those three months. Make your adjustments. Revisit your budget regularly, and now what advice I give is that for people who are really financially stretched, you should be looking at your budget every time you get paid, okay? And then after you really get used to it, you can reduce the number of times to monthly. And like my husband and I, we probably visit our bu- budget maybe quarterly, something like that. So we don't do it every month anymore because we kind of know everything we spend, and then. Repeat the process over and over until you got it down. And after a while, you'll get your peace first, your financial peace first, and then the Lord will start blessing you. He's blessing you while you have your peace, you just don't see it yet, okay? And so I do hear testimonies of people now that I've counseled and I'm just so heart, I mean, I'm I'm just blessed by it. They give God the credit and he's the one who should get the credit. I should never get the credit, but I am blessed to see what God is doing because they now recognize this God.
0: We pray that today's message has been a blessing and makes an eternal impact on your life. Come join us live on Sunday at 1245 PM Central Time. If you're in the St. Louis Metro area, we meet at 1060 Chambers Road, a little over a mile south on Bell Fountain Road, from highway 270 you can also join us via zoom the login number is 314-720-8880 you can call that same number to reach someone on our ministry team or text the word connect there to be in the know regarding upcoming events again that number is 314-720-8880 we are relationship church come grow with us